we're just going to have a much shorter episode this mm-hmm. week because we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about the responses, yeah. uh, which were they were uh, divisive, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, from our last uh, podcast and the promo video that that went along with that. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about identity towards the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to give identity its own episode yeah. soon, but I just talk a little bit about it. But the last uh, episode, uh, the one that we got so much comments on, mm-hmm. uh, was the capstone for what we were calling the formula, which is defined as forgiveness precedes freedom, precedes abundance, precedes riches. And uh, last week we covered riches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, uh, we really got into that. We explored the the riches recipe. Mm. What we called that, right? And we found that in the story of Solomon, and that provided us a four step practical approach to achieving incredible wealth. You just look at Solomon. So I know that in Christian circles, though, money and wealth definitely are taboo subjects. But as always, we dove head in head first. Uh, no fear. It was a dicey topic, but we went for it. We attempted to tackle the scarcity mindset that keeps most of us from the abundant life that God has for us. So we produced a promo video. It was a short little video for that episode and published it to our Facebook page and other social media outlets. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was a nice short little clip. And to say that the content of the episode and the promo video generated some strong responses. This is just a bit of an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit. Uh, which I was, again, a little surprised about. I, I, I knew riches was a touchy subject, but I was a little surprised about it. Basically, we had the promo video and we published that. And it had, uh, in the background, there was a dollar bill and it had some text over over the dollar bill and some music that played. Oh, yeah. It was about a minute long, right? And so in the video, the text that was written on the screen was, and, and people really are, you know, some people had challenge, really challenges with, with every single bullet in the text. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there but basically it read there is a secret in the Bible. Uh, it's been hidden for centuries. It created the wealthiest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's time for you to discover the secret. Listen mm-hmm. to episode seven of the 1720 podcast. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. Yep. Pretty apparently benign, uh, <laughs> but was not benign. Uh, we had some very well thought out responses, mm-hmm. both pro and con mm-hmm. against the video. And some of them, you know, supported the idea that God wants you to have an abundant life. And as we expected, some of them did not. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I would just spend a, a few minutes covering yeah. those comments because they really sort of speak to the things you need to understand before you could ever hope to get through the richest formula. Yeah, and just, or, just or that recipe. there are these comments, we just are really thankful that people are getting out there and, and engaging. Yeah, well, yeah. And I do love it. I really, I really did love it, and it was a really great opportunity for us to comment back and have, yeah. a, have a conversation with those guys. But the, but the first one, uh, the first real kind of core uh, concern about the promo video mm-hmm. was uh, there are, and this was the statement, there okay. are no secrets in the Bible. Mm. And... Um, it was it was sort of interesting because there there uh, many people responded to those folks and said no there absolutely are uh, secrets in the Bible. One of them even mentioned um, that Catholicism promotes the concept of contemplation, mm-hmm. which is a very deep study time with the Bible, and then you contemplate God's word. Mm-hmm. And they said that had actually revealed a lot more in the mm-hmm. Bible than 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 before prior mm-hmm. to them kind of going through this practice. Right. So. So, but Paul actually sort of speaks to this a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's one other verse that's sort of my favorite. But Paul speaks to this, uh, in the, and then Colossians, Colossians two, verses one through three, and again he's writing a letters to a church, uh, and he's encouraging them, and he says, I, he hopes that the church uh, reaches all the riches and full assurance of understanding 
and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. So Christ is the mystery Mm -hmm. in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So there's mystery and there's things that are hidden there. Starting to hint at there might be secrets in the Bible. Uh, Andy writes in Ephesians uh, 3, uh, 2 through 6, again, another letter uh, to the church at at, at Ephesians, right? How the mystery was made known uh, to me by revelations. In Matthew 3, 11, it says, to you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So we, we do see this concept mm-hmm. of secrets. But my favorite verse on the subject of secrets is really, and I think it's the key to secrets, it's Proverbs 25.2. It is the glory of God to conceal things. So according to this, God sort of yep. gets a kick out of creating like <laughs> Easter eggs, right? And this is what I like, the second part of that verse, but what I like the most, but the glory of kings to search things out. Mm. So God conceals, and it is kings, mm-hmm. or people of kingship. Right, yes. That's another way to think of that, mm-hmm. uh, which you've certainly been given a kingdom of which you're to preside over. Yep. And here it is seeking. We should be seeking these things out. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite because... As we wrote in our response to those who commented, I actually do not believe that it is God's intention to hide things from seekers. Right. To hide things, yes. But uh, from seekers. But not from seekers. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 8, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And that that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. But if you don't ask and you don't seek, there are quote-unquote secrets that Mm -hmm. will remain hidden in the Bible if you're not out there looking. These are meant to remain secrets until you seek. God provides Mm -hmm. the revelation to you as you read the Bible and as you study. Mm -hmm. So our promo video was true. There is actually a secret in the Bible, Mm -hmm. but we're not saying, and I think this is where, and and actually one guy hung in there with me a long time back and forth. And he finally sort of got what we were saying. 1720 doesn't have a secret decoder ring. (laughs) And to be honest, if anyone out there is trying to sell you some numerology version of the Bible, some secret decoder ring Mm -hmm. separate from the Bible, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lie. Yep, straight up. It's Uh, a hell. It's a hell. Oh, absolutely. And we are not saying as 1720 that we have some secret decoder ring. Matter of fact, everything we do... Uh, we try to point people yep. back to God yep. and point people back to the Bible. The pro- promo video was really about getting people interested mm-hmm. in reading the Bible because there is a, ri- a, a riches recipe there. Yep. It is, it's truly there, and it, it, and it exists. But, uh, but that was sort of one version of a comment. Yeah, and it, what's, just in what you just said there, uh, back to our Colossians 2, 1 through 3, um, full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery. Mm-hmm. So we've got wisdom, we've got knowledge, we have King Solomon. Mm-hmm. This is Paul reflecting uh, into that same space. It's all connected here. It is all connected. But here's here's the next comment. Uh, I think this was really interesting. So this was another comment left by somebody. Yeah, yeah. we got a second comment well, of many, but of many, many. this one we really uh, wanted to address here and just unpack. I think it comes from a good place but embodies a misunderstanding that's absolutely prevalent in Christian circles. So here's the comment. I'm going to quote this. What we have here is a falsehood. Nowhere in the Bible is prosperity promised. Mm. In fact, Jesus and the disciples lived in poverty 
So much so, there's a passage where money was needed, and Jesus sent one of his disciples to get a coin, this is just a single coin, out of the mouth of a fish. So he's actually quoting a, a Bible verse there. Yep. So he's describing this little interaction that Jesus had with one of his disciples. Yeah, I think there was a tax to be paid at the temple, mm-hmm. and they had no money, and so Jesus was like, you know, go, go and get a coin out of the fish's mm-hmm. mouth. Mm-hmm. So I agree with the commentary in a sense that Jesus does not promise anything. Everything requires action on the part of the person. Mm. Even salvation takes that first step. Sure. To promise something without action is actually forcing his will onto the person. If he granted your salvation without asking, that would be forcing his will in the same way to grant you wealth. Now, without action, those are both the same thing. Right. It's the freedom of the will, and he will not force his will upon you. It's a choice. Yeah, and I think that's been sort of true since the beginning of time. He just never, he's not, he's not an inconsiderate guest Right. He is not uh, a person who's going to come in and say, no, you're gar- you're going to heaven. You're guaranteed to go to heaven mm-hmm. when you die, because uh, quite frankly and sadly, many people don't want to go to heaven. They don't want to be in that place. And that's uh, extremely it, it's sad. But that's where God's at. God wants you to want him. Mm-hmm. Right. And same thing with wealth. I mean, to thrust wealth on people many lives have been destroyed by oh. this idea of wealth without action, mm-hmm. inherited wealth, yep. if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the generations, that tends to come to uh, to no end. Now, except for the you know, the wealthy folk who uh, who have their children work hard yeah. and they earn their inheritance. But mm-hmm. that stuff that's given tends to be, seems, uh, uh, can often be a real problem. So while there are no guarantees mm-hmm. without action, but there are promises if you will take action. Mm-hmm. There are certainly guarantees. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you will ask God into your heart, there is a guarantee of salvation. And there's even, and uh, I think we cover this a little bit later in another another verse, there's even sort of a guarantee of blessings mm-hmm. and prosperity mm-hmm. if you will do certain things. Right. And so that's that's that was sort of one of his, that's the first half of his comment. Yeah. But there's a second half there that I really... I think is also equally dangerous. Yeah, this presupposition within the statement. Mm-hmm. That Jesus was poor. And there it is. So should we be. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're called as Christians mm-hmm. to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus was poor, then obviously we're all called to be poor. And most of us use money as a pro- proxy, as a middleman, as a proxy for things and feelings. Mm-hmm. And they would say, if I was just wealthy, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. If I was just wealthy, I would have no worries. If I was just wealthy, I would be free to choose my destiny, which in theory is different than somehow or another than the destiny we've chosen. Yeah. And what I, what I, so I, just, what I think is really interesting about that is this idea of uh, if I gave you wealth, mm-hmm. if I gave it to you, it's like I gave you a million dollars, but mm-hmm. I said... Hey, um, I'm, I'm, let's make it even bigger. I'm going to give you a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Now, the only problem is I'm going to give you this billion dollars, but you're going to have 10 times the worries you have today. Mm-hmm. You're going to be unhappy. That's guaranteed. This is part of the deal. We're signing a contract, mm-hmm. if you will. And you're mm-hmm. going to be unhappy. You're going to have 10 times the worries. And by the way, you will have to do the exact work I tell you to do, mm-hmm. regardless of what yeah. that work is. Mm-hmm. No one would sign up for that. <laughs> right. Because that's not what wealth is really for in mm-hmm. people's lives. That's yep. not what they're hoping right. wealth will provide. Yep. And so if you kind of take that concept, 
I would argue that Jesus was extremely wealthy, mm-hmm. uh, that he was not poor. Yeah, and what I want to comment on here, this is a tie-in both for Solomon and what his dream was about, and he had asked for wisdom. But in, in this, we use money as a proxy. If you notice here, we first talk about a thought, mm-hmm. and the thought is what we want for a feeling. Mm-hmm. So if, if we just hang on to that, you'll be able to unpack when you're bumping into some identity questions, you're going to be able to recognize a thought that's based on a, an, a desired feeling. Mm-hmm. And we can then kind of split that apart. And that'll really help us when we wrestle with scarcity versus abundance. Sure, absolutely. But I think that's what's, I think God, our Jesus had sort of done that. He'd mm-hmm. actually transcended money. Absolutely. He saw money for what it really was, which was a middleman mm-hmm. to be cut out. Yep. <laughs> or at least to de-emphasize. Yeah. So the commentator makes this point. He's basically saying Jesus was so poor that he had to retrieve a coin from a fish in order to pay his taxes. That's right. how broke they were. The yep. guy didn't have a coin in his pocket. Right. So so I guess in by that logic, mm-hmm. in order for Jesus to be wealthy, he would have had a, had a coin in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Right. But I would argue that Jesus was so rich that he could command a fish to produce a coin. <laughs> That's uh he didn't he didn't need to like have a bunch of coins in his pocket cuz he could produce coins. He could actually look at a rock and say, "Be gold," and there would mm-hmm. be a giant chunk of gold living or hanging, or you know, there. Yep. But you know, roaming around with ten pounds of gold in your pocket is probably a little uncomfortable. So, in some ways, keeping it in a fish, not a bad strategy. Yeah. Not a bad Follow strategy. The yeah, he's hanging around the shoreline, <laughs> anyways. But, but I really think that's interesting. He did not need the crutch of money, mm-hmm. and this is where we're we're starting to really get into it, right? He didn't need the crutch mm-hmm. of wealth to be happy to be uh, free of worry Mm -hmm. or to follow his calling. Right. Right. While most of us are waiting on the blessings of wealth to have in order to be correct. Jesus already was right. He already Mm -hmm. was. He spoke as a wealthy man. So when people heard him speak, he spoke with authority. Mm -hmm. When was the last time that you met someone in extreme poverty who could do the same thing? Now Mm -hmm. there are examples of that. And most of those people don't stay in poverty long. Right. Mm -hmm. But, But when was the last time you saw that? And I think that's what sort of blew people away a little bit with Jesus is here he is rolling up as if he is a man with authority and power. And he moved as a wealthy man. He moved freely. Mm -hmm. So I would argue, quite frankly, that Jesus was the definition of wealthy. He did not care. He did not have to concern himself where his money was coming from. Mm -hmm. He didn't wait to be happy or to not worry. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And. But I think sort of the, what happens with people is they like that narrative of Jesus as the poor person mm-hmm. um, because they don't have the faith of a mustard seed. They sort of live in a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and they live in worry and they live in that poverty of mm-hmm. spirit and mind, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and as a result, if we can say, well, I'm being like Jesus— they sort of can abdicate their responsibility to take any action yep. and get out of that space, mm-hmm. right? Because they could just say, oh, it's God's will that we yep. all live mm-hmm. poor. Mm-hmm. And that's not God's will. Because yeah. Jesus says in John 10, 10, I came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I am so tired mm-hmm. of Christians living small lives, yep. afraid to speak, mm-hmm. afraid to ask Afraid to act, afraid to trust, yes. because they think there is some 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 difference between the real world and the world of Jesus. Right, 
What I love about Jesus's wealth is you're looking for real world wealth in this guy to call him wealthy. Right. But he was rocking wealth. <laughs> he was rocking yep. the true definition of wealth. Yep. Yet he didn't live up to your definition of it because mm-hmm. in the real world, if he'd have been wealthy, yeah. he'd had a bunch of coin in his pocket. Right. Yep. But that's just not true. Yep. Absolutely. Abundance versus scarcity. Yeah. And again, you feel resistance, then get really curious about that space. What I do think is really interesting when we just get into that scarcity, that is mm-hmm. absolutely the enemy of the kingdom right there, that scarcity mindset. It is. It's going to keep you from serving the Lord. And that's a pause because if, if you just say that, my scarcity mindset, and even if it's a chosen identity, that prevents me from doing the very thing that I'm supposed to do, be a vessel for love. Now, does that mean you can't be a good person? No. But right. are you going to be the thing the thing God puts you on this planet to be? Are you going to be the size? Right. Are you, gonna, are you going to have the impact that you were supposed to have? Mm-hmm. And I think no, right? Yep. I think no, because you're not going to be in a place where you can do anything. Right. And doing, especially, the Bible calls us to be lenders. Mm. So lenders. So Deuteronomy 28, 12 through 13, Bible says, The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all of the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. We, we cannot be lenders if we're living in poverty. No. Just straight, that's how it is. But we're called to be lenders. Yep. So this idea of staying poor sort of sounds a little weird. It's a little weird. And if you know Deuteronomy, you know that's the setup as what will happen at the end of the line of David. Mm. So we're to be lenders. We're not to borrow. So this is not a political statement about social welfare and justice. Right. We're just simply saying... We're supposed to be lenders. We can't, if we're living in a poverty, scarcity mindset, we cannot offer a helping hand up. If we're down in the muck with those we want to help, we can't do it. It's not even possible. Nope. And debt will absolutely reduce your freedom. It keeps you from your calling, like we said before. I just get so frustrated by this lie that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to remain poor. Uh, It just frustrates me so much because I'm not saying that you have to be a, a millionaire. Right. That's not it. But if you're living in a place where you are under debt, mm-hmm. you cannot follow God's calling. And what we see is people who live financially at, at the margin, mm-hmm. they're struggling under crushing debt. Yeah. Uh, whether it's credit card debt, payday lenders, uh, there is, there's so much challenge there. Now, I understand that a lot of people do that because they got to get through but I, I would just encourage people to recognize it for the evil that it is mm-hmm. and try everything possible to avoid that because it's keeping them from their calling. Mm-hmm. Now, I would love to say that I am just crushing this area and that I never have a scarcity mm-hmm. mindset and that I'm just really rocking it. But um, I, uh, I actually got an email from a colleague uh, this week and uh, she uh uh, man, she was awesome. I worked with her actually on a previous project. She was so uh, smart and intelligent and good with the client. Mm. Uh, in many ways, I, w- I admired her skill set and okay. wanted to sort of be more like her and the way she worked with clients. She just uh, she she emailed me and told me she was being let go. Ooh. Uh, oh. And she was just emailing everybody, you know, and saying, hey, thanks for working with me. And she was giving us her contact information. And um, 
and I immediately went into scarcity. Mm. I immediately went into scarcity. I thought, oh my God, if she could go, maybe I am I paying enough attention to the work I'm doing? Mm. Um, and then I st- and then immediately from there I went, oh my God, I'm you know I'm I'm starting to think about this podcast because mm-hmm. I had to ride it on the on the plane ride home mm-hmm. that evening. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be paying attention to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should stop doing this work uh, and really pay much more attention to my job uh, and to the things that, quote unquote, matter, mm-hmm. right? The real things of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of how Satan works, right? He convinces us. In that moment, he was con- trying to convince me that God does not have me, mm-hmm. right? That that even though nothing had happened, Right. Now here's here's the context. I get that email hours after we had just delivered an amazingly successful presentation okay. to our client. Uh, everybody was excited. We were excited about the opportunities that were going to come from that presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I should have been on cloud nine. Right. I got this email, and in that mm-hmm. minute, in that yep. instant, mm-hmm. I was down in mm-hmm. the muck. Yep. Nothing had even happened to me. Right. And the devil started using old stories, things from the past. He started to point to all the time times that quote unquote God did not show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pointed to short periods of trials that were almost always caused by me, uh, but he wanted me to blame God, right? If that didn't work, if if he couldn't get me to distrust God, his very next move was to talk about me mm-hmm. and who I am and how I had failed in the past. He reminded me of my pre-Christ identity. He wanted to bring me back to an identity that, quite frankly, had been uh, dead and buried with Christ. He wanted to remind me that I wasn't going to be enough mm-hmm. or that God didn't have me. And these are two stories mm. that he tells me all the time, uh, and mm-hmm. it's always sort of tied to this concept of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to read you something, and then I, I want to give you an example uh, that happened to me within the last, I don't know, 12 hours, just very recent for me. But I want to start with a, a definition. So you're really revealing here part of your identity. Mm-hmm. You you had thoughts that occurred and quickly led you to a in place. In the present, that's yep. right. Right now you, you received this news, and in a span of just a few minutes, you went somewhere real deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely fast. Yeah, within like seconds maybe. Bipolar fast. I might, might, <laughs> like yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you just track that, so anchoring for you, and I have a, a, a version for me, uh, but Satan knows he can get you quick with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're, you are one of the most intelligent guys I have ever met, and your ability to see things cognitively and put pieces together and then create a fluid outcome, like an output, is, is it beyond my uh, comprehension. But Satan also has a real good read on that. Mm-hmm. And he can know he can toss a, a quick little thought versus toss a little feeling at you. Mm. So there's there's a theme. He's got your playbook. Yeah, he knows you. Yeah. Right? But let he, me just he's getting me to tune in to a different a different beat. Yes. Right? There's two beats. There's the upbeat mm-hmm. and there's sort of the downbeat. Mm-hmm. Both beats can kind of make sense. Absolutely. And because I like I really like what you said there because I'm so cerebral, mm-hmm. um, immediately I can tune into that other channel and, and it also makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, and this will link us, I think this will help this definition just to link this question to identity. Mm. So, okay. uh, here's uh, psychology. Now I'm just using that as a broad statement because there's a lot of facets here, but just as a broad statement, a person's identity is defined as the totality of one's self 
construal. This is all the stuff that's in your past. You've built that. You've constructed it. That's your construal. Mm -hmm. In which how one construes oneself in the present, that expresses the continuity between how one construes oneself as one was in the past and mm -hmm. how one construes oneself as one aspires to be in the future. So you're in the present, you've built this thing between all of these things summed from the past compared to what you aspire to be in the future. Okay. And that's plopping you here in the middle. And that's, that's identity according to psychology. According to psychology. Okay. Um, so if I, before I get back to what I was commenting for you on, uh, yesterday, uh, late afternoon, I was busy getting back from that conference, unpacking, etc. cetera. Uh, but in my email inbox, I had uh, received an email that I had been awarded uh, a top um, outstanding student uh, in my master's of counseling program. Right. So I had this uh, top ac accolade. Of course. Everybody at the dean's office, to my faculty, everybody had recognized me as... Uh, I watched you go through that program. You earned every bit of that. I appreciate that. But if I anchor back to my uh, identity, so my low self-worth of mm. the things that we unpacked through our formula. Yeah. So I get that email, I read that, and it's like all of the things that they'll do to recognize me publicly, et cetera. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, am I really worth that? Mm, if they just knew me. Yeah. Yeah. And and then there's that, that tension between what I feel compared to what people are telling me. Right. So I'm, I'm the flip. I get hit with the emotion first, and then I have a thought later. Mm -hmm. And I can wrestle with the integration of those two. Right. Um, but what's interesting for me, and this works for me as, as a different way to cope, to deal with the, the feeling that I don't want, mm -hmm. um, I, I use a four-part model of heart, soul, mind, strength. Okay. So we heard it back and actually in Deuteronomy from Moses, and then Jesus quotes it later. But for me, what helps is just to recognize that I am a king. I am in kingship with. I'm an heir to Christ. So my king then is above what I feel, what I think, and the output of my actions. Mm -hmm. So it's almost just making those feelings and thoughts and my actions subservient to what I know is true. And that's the king. So if I let my emotion person become front and I then take action on my emotion, I've just flipped my, my calling to serve and to be in relationship with, with others, my king, I flipped him to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm allowing my emotions to run. Mm -hmm. And when I recognize that and flip it back right, now I can utilize what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, the actions I'm taking. They all can be in concert to what it is that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm supposed to lend and give. Yeah. That works for me. I like that. Um, you know, going back to the, the, the psychology definition, I, I'd really, I've really always hated that because there's this idea of the emphasis is on the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not really the past, but that somehow or another your identity is an integration of the past, present, and the future. Uh, the Bible says that uh, in Corinthians five seventeen, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, then uh, the new create a new creation has come. The old has gone away, and the new is here. Mm -hmm. So, part of the challenge then is is this idea of really us letting go. And we talked about this in the, in, in the formula, the whole jail cell of yep. getting out of that jail cell and me letting go of my past. 
you know, this is a, a, a trick of Satan. He's mm-hmm. he's so, when you attempt to change, he's so quick to remind you of the cookie, you know, like if you want to lose weight, he's, he's quick to remind you of that cookie you literally just ate. Or, <laughs> you know, if you want some big goal in your life, he's quick to remind you of all the little goals mm-hmm. you, you failed at. Mm-hmm. So what I get really frustrated with, here I am, you know, doing this podcast. I know, I know the truth. Mm-hmm. I know that God has changed me. Uh, I know that I have a new identity in Christ. I know that all of those things in my past were mm-hmm. functions of misalignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not actual limitations. They were perceived limitations yes, that correct. I either got from my environment mm-hmm. or heard some teacher who didn't mm-hmm. pay enough attention to me. All of that stuff. But I, I find myself in that moment when I read that email, I was immediately back mm-hmm. to a person who I don't really like mm-hmm. yep. uh, being and uh, now I will tell you that it probably took me, uh, I didn't quite have the model that you had, mm-hmm. but the only thing that kept coming back to my mind is I just asked myself again, does God have me? Um, and either that's true or not true. Mm-hmm. And if he does, then I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it took me a minute, but I was, man, in that moment I was down, I was really, really, really yeah. low. Yeah. I mean, I was really low. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joked and said I was felt bipolar, but I did mm-hmm. because I just came from a high immediately taken to the lowest mm-hmm. of lows, uh, ready to give up on things that are very important to me, mm-hmm. which is this podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was just I was there and I'm I know like a lot of listeners, I am so sick mm-hmm. of the up and then the down. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get stop because they're just t- they would almost rather live mm-hmm. without expectation and then sadness because they're just so tired of going back and forth. Yep. And I get that. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I understand what that is because I have lived that. Mm-hmm. It is heartbreaking to be at the mountaintop and mm-hmm. then to realize within a second you mm-hmm. can be back down into a person that you thought you had said bye to mm-hmm. a year ago, a mm-hmm. month ago, right. a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And to oscillate between these two places, it is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. can you stay mm-hmm. out of this oscillation? It because it, it's just so exhausting. It's mm-hmm. so heartbreaking. Yep. So I want to give you uh, just to try it on, like like a jacket. Try on this little idea of a different way to process through when something like that happens to you. Uh, I will call it the ABC approach. But instead of the B, I'm going to insert the word jail cell as okay. well. But there's some kind of activating event. Something happens to you. Sure. It's an email. It's a statement. And then you have this emotional consequence and you feel it. So Satan knows that he can get you thought first. So something, some event will happen. Or emotional first for you. Yeah. Emotion for me first. Uh, but there's, there's this thing that happens to us. And then we have then the severity of the emotional outcome. Mm-hmm. We feel bipolar in how fast we flip. Yeah. And even the magnitude of that flip can be so so significant Mm -hmm. but we just skipped over the the middle so the activating event the thing that happens the see the emotional consequences so i get hit emotionally and then i fall in this emotional pit of low Mm self-worth but we we just jumped over the middle the jail cell this is all of our limiting beliefs so i'm just going to encourage you when that hit happens and you can immediately go from mountaintop to bottom of the desert when you can feel that tension, just notice that there there was something right in the middle. There was a jail cell, this old past belief that exists, and we know it's not true, but that's still in our head, right? Mm-hmm. We know it's not true, but we, just to integrate it together 
to feel that it's not true. Mm. And and that that little flip brings you closer to one. Yeah. Where your thought and your feeling are congruent together. Because we can have a thought and we can have a feeling, but our belief in what God says is true about your abundance and not your scarcity. Because that little belief I would suspect I need to pay attention to my job more than these other things because and there's a scarcity hit list that'll fall right there. Right. So if we can feel and think in the middle jail cell, then we don't have to then be so overcome with the consequences of this thing that happens to us every day. Yeah, because you're. I heard once someone say once, um, the future is is imagined, good or bad. Mm-hmm. So why not imagine a good one? Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. you can spend a lot of energy and effort. In that moment, I had been fired. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 What was I going to do? And mm-hmm. was I prepared? And all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think one of the challenges is. Are, how far in the future are you projecting yourself? Mm-hmm. Stop. Right. Stop projecting yourself into the future. The future, over and over, the Bible is very clear on this, is God's domain. Yep. And most anxiety comes from projecting yourself in the future. Mm-hmm. Most depression comes from remembering your past. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to be really present. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, meditation, uh, again, this idea of being able to uh, not fight these emotions, mm-hmm. but watch them pass, not take a hold of them and yeah. play with them and project yourself in the future based off them mm-hmm. uh, is really important. I think people believe that you somehow get to a place where this no longer happens mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. that you should have somehow gotten, like it's like it's a childhood ailment, right. that you should have somehow gotten over this by mm-hmm. now. I'm, I'm a big fan of studying high-performance people mm-hmm. This is a truth for everyone mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. I don't think you ever get over this. I think what you have to end up doing is getting through it quicker, mm-hmm. playing with it less, mm-hmm. spending less time in that emotion. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they say it's not when you fall down, it's how quickly you get back up. Mm-hmm. And to get back up from this emotion to say, oh, there it is again. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yep. No, I'm, I, f- I see that. I see that. Let's let that pass. Mm-hmm. And let me keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then just to read your Bible and let God reveal to you mm-hmm. that he has got you. Yep. That he has got you. And then you can connect the feeling and the thoughts together because through Christ, he will reveal what it is that you need in that moment. In this world, you will have trouble. Yeah. But take heart. I have already overcome the world. Mm. And there, there's the first half. It, it's going to hit you. It's going to go sideways. You're yeah. going to get kicked on the way down and like on the that. way back up. No, I like that. And and it's okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and, you know, you're tired of hearing people talk about how successful they are or how they've achieved everything, I think it's just really important to keep in mind that everyone struggles. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets the email that sends them back down the hill. Mm -hmm. Everyone struggles to shake off an identity that was given to them forever ago. Um, I just, uh, I just encourage you to make the moment you time you spend in those moments less and less. I almost guarantee they'll never truly 100% go away, but uh, to just to make those moments less and less. And so uh, we've got a lot of deep content coming Mm -hmm. We really appreciate everybody who is engaging in our content online that is spending time listening to these podcasts um, and just the great feedback, both positive and negative. Uh, We don't care. 
Right. We honestly, we love to hear from people mm-hmm. and uh, just really excited that people spend time with us on this. So if you've not already, obviously, subscribed to the podcast, please do. Uh, and remember to leave us uh, a review. Mm-hmm. I say this every time. Please. Uh, please leave us a review. We spend a lot of time on these podcasts, and we really want them to get into the hands of more people. We're, we really study and try to reflect and mm-hmm. come with honesty and to spend time in God's Word so that He might speak through us to others. And you never know if you leave a review and someone comes along and finds it. Maybe they don't have a home church. Maybe they didn't grow up in a Christian family. This is their opportunity to maybe just get connected with the truth of Christ, not some <laughs> BS version of yep. God where everything suddenly becomes happy and sunshine and rainbows mm-hmm. after you have... Uh, but it's also not all failure and, and hellfire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. There is a future, an abundance, a richness of living with God. And just leaving us that review is extremely helpful. Yep. Um, you can certainly find links to all of our social media pages, our YouTube channel, iTunes, or Google Play at 1720.org forward slash podcast. That is a great way to share this content with someone else if for whatever reason you don't know what, if they have an <laughs> iPhone or or whatever. Right. Uh, the video is also there. Finally, be sure to uh, follow our Facebook page. It's Facebook, uh, uh, doc, uh, com forward slash 1720.org. And the .org is actually mm-hmm. in there. Uh, and subscribe to our newsletter at 1720.org. Thank you guys so much for spending time with us. Next week, we will be going deep on some of the supporting topics for the formula. There's just been a lot of requests for us to get real honest about how you get through that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've we've given the overview, and and even though those were extensive in and of themselves, there's so much more content to cover there. If we can get you guys through the formula, you will get closer and closer to the vision that God has for your life. And to me, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. That's what 1720 is all about. It's about creating an army of people who have the faith of a mustard seed so they can do something amazing yep. for Christ. And be lenders. That's right. So, Martin, thank you so much for spending time with thank us. Thank you, Dustin. And Justice ran the board for us again. Thanks, Justice. Really appreciate that. And uh, look forward to talking to everybody and seeing you next time. Yeah. Have a good day.